like we yeah, we like loved Kona Cafe and we loved the resort um, to just walk around and that the place. Noodles? Oh I my gosh, so Hana finally had the noodles. Oh, the which, bread pudding. Which I'm like, oh, oh my god, you know, the bread I can't pudding. tell you how much it pained me to know that you were right. <laughs> The whole time I was eating, I'm like going, oh, well, there's gosh. your beginning of your episode was right there, right. Brett. He was right. <laughs> oh, oh, I hate so it funny. when he's right. Um, it, Ohio <laughs> is great. And then I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney for NPR Illinois Community Voices and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host today, Craig, joined by my co-host, Mr. Brett Rutherford. It is two dudes talking Disney, right, Brett? It's two dudes talking Disney, y'all. We did this once before. (laughs) Uh, Wild (laughs) audience reactions. I should say that our great co-host, Vanessa Ferguson, is currently in the midst of finals week for her Mm -hmm. MBA program, and we are sending her all of the good thoughts in the world keep swimming Um, by the time that this posts i think that she's gonna be done with finals so uh definitely if you're in the beyond the mouse podcast pals facebook group congratulate vanessa it has been a hard-fought semester and she has earned her break right yay yeah absolutely oh absolutely But we decided we were going to go ahead and we were going to take the reins this week and uh, give her a little bit of a a reprieve. And of course, I should mention that you and I are both prepping as well for our panel at Comic-Con, which after this drops, as this drops on the Friday, you will be able, if you're in the St. Louis area, to see us at Fan Expo St. Louis at three o'clock on Saturday the 14th so brett are you excited to be in front of a live audience oh my gosh well i'm trying not to think about that part but i do have my research what are these called again what are we doing drafts they're not like uh, what what could you call darts or something what's a d word you could i don't know giraffes but anyway well for for someone who doesn't know much about it i've won a lot haven't i all right all right have we done no i mean it's just time to brag because not because i'm like going because how many have we done have we done four and i've won three or we've done three and i've done and i've won two no no we we have we have done We've done five because each of us have won one, but I think you've won three, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh that's oh, right. right. Oh, right, so did right. you admit yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, so I have strategy and I've worked on my uh, draft team, you know, with some alternates. I know it's very exciting. And I'm, I'm kind of using like, I don't know, because what I've the way I've come up with these has worked in the past, but I'm I'm taking a page from Vanessa's playbook. Uh huh. So I'm not going to give you any more 90 information. Char- 90s characters who you want to go have a beer with at a bar, right? I think that's normally how she she tries to get like the best dinner party together. I think that that's oh, how she I usually drafts her team. That's exactly. Well, so, anyway, I've been inspired by the great inspired Vanessa. by. Mm-hmm. So it is going to be really exciting. It's on the creator stage. We're extremely excited to Fan Expo St. Louis for the opportunity, and you'll be able to see us on Saturday at three o'clock. If you're down there, definitely go and check it out. We will release that episode. The plan is to release that episode next week. So if you are not in able to join us in St. Louis, you will still get a draft episode next week. It will include all three of us, Brett, mm-hmm. Vanessa, and myself talking 90s Disney characters. I will put out this caveat now. We'll explain it later. But because Disney and Pixar, technically Disney did not inquire Pixar until the 2000s, 
I think we're going to allow Pixar characters only because there was such a strong partnership between Disney and sure. Pixar in I the nineties. I yeah. like that. I, yeah. A lot of the Pixar films were produced by Disney, right? So I think that well, it, they were it totally they were released out. by Disney. They were that was how they were released yes. through Disney. But I think that weren't they a production partner anyway? That's in the weeds, but yeah, and I can well, look it up later. But yeah, please well, do. Let's talk about Disney, and I will say that oh, okay. later on, <laughs> we are going to talk all things sort of going on in Disneydom. Now, we had a really great response to your Star Cruiser episodes with really? the Halcyon oh, Vibe. Good. I really enjoyed listening yeah. back to those. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering if, you know, you were kind of hosting that show and you definitely all touched on the opportunities that you had and the immersion that you had. But I'm wondering if there's anything that like now that you're kind of more like you are in this area where you can talk about it freely yeah. just solo, is there something else that you wanted to mention about your star cruise? Because that's still such a cool new experience that people can go out there uh, and do at Disney world. Well, thank you, Craig. I think, yeah. I mean, I was, I was kind of doing your hosting duties, which again, you I did think, wonderfully. Well, Oh, well, thank you that's that's very very kind but i know how hard it is because you do it so effortlessly and it takes me a lot of effort but thank you my takeaways are um it's definitely worth it i did a lot of prep um kind of for the group but also i mean i just enjoy that sort of the prep phase of of a vacation especially something so completely new as as you might have heard that we had galactic sticker shock when when uh when the pricing first came out and that's when we determined that we were going to try to find uh, three intrepid space travelers and we did very easily actually in fact we asked a couple of people and we got responses before we got you know back from some other people who were going to say yes too so we had to sort of politely decline disinvite no we didn't disinvite them but anyway you can see <laughs> that it was a little it was a little dicey there i'm like going um we didn't think that we would get people but um you're too late but maybe next time i don't know but uh but anyway it it was fun it was five of us and we, we got along very well, as you could tell from, you know, our interactions. There were so many in jokes and fun things that, you know, that, that happened when you have group travel. And, you know, as I'm used to being a solo travel, isn't that interesting? Star Wars solo. Ha! There's ha -ha. Have I told you about uh, just because you brought that up real quick? I know I'm interrupting you. No, that's okay. you, Have you ever heard uh, Anna? She, I think, I think a little bit in jest, but she asked me this question: Is his name Hans Olo or Han Solo? So is it Hans Olo? Like, is he German or is it <laughs> Han well, Solo? So anyway, yeah. Uh, so now all the time when he jumps on or when someone talks about the solo movie, I always say Hans Olo. Yeah, Hans exactly. Olo. Okay. Yes, yes. Well, that was that was a little side trip that uh, anyway. That totally um, just that totally lost your train of thought, right? Well, I'll try to get. My, I know about trains of thought because train, of the what? Disney Pixar movie Inside Out. Um, actually, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. You are trying to confuse me now, and I will not let that happen hopefully anyway um back to the star cruiser it was if you listen to the episode it wasn't exactly the dream that we had all planned because there were some um some other sort of circumstances um that sort of prevented all of us from enjoying it all 
the way we originally planned, but we still persevered and had a great time. Um, I don't think we talked about the meals as much as we should have because it was just so interesting. We did that. Um, I thought that was else? really interesting because I know that like when you're on a cruise with Disney Cruise Line, the benefit is that you have that kind of rotational dining and that your servers get to know you. Well, of course, on the Halcyon, you have less people, so you have the same cast for the, the whole weekend. And I thought it was really cool that like they were talking to members of your party and they were like, oh, you really like this item. We'll make sure mm -hmm. we make it for you again. I think it was like the chef that had said that to yeah, one of your – to Brittany, uh, yeah. Of your travelers, uh -huh. your fellow travelers. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, that's such a cool experience. And I think that that is kind of the thing that Disney can do to plus the experience that mm -hmm. does allow people to start thinking like maybe this exorbitant cost, because we both agree it is pricey, but I mean, it's like if, if they deliver on that priciness, mm -hmm. then I think that's a good thing. Oh, definitely. When we were on the ship, it felt very dare I say exclusive and fun and just interactive and just amazing. Getting there was, uh, as you can tell, quite the story. And they didn't have that really worked out yet. That was uh, not the way you'd want to start um, the adventure. We already had someone, you know, going to basically the prompt care. And then we we're trying to get to the house in and we and we we're in line, you know, and then the people that asked us, how do you get there? And and then they were getting their Ubers and their their lifts and their mirrors, transportation, all this. And we're just like going, well, what's going on here? So that was not the way we wanted to start it. I think this was the funny story that we did not tell. There was a, a cast member who apparently looked like, you know, maybe a supervisor or something that kind of we told him the situation that we had scheduled, um, you know, a transportation over there and we were waiting and it had been almost an hour. Well, let me check on that. So he checked on that and he assured us that we were going to get transportation over there. And we said we had we're three people, but we have luggage for five and all of that sort of stuff. And and I think his name was Matt. I believe it was Matt. And uh, so eventually when the wrong size vehicle came and we were well, like, going, we're waiting an hour when this is, I mean, from all that we've spent, I mean, a, a lift, you know, for like, you know, $10, you know, I'm like, like the appeal of getting something free when we had to wait so long, you know, was quite diminished. There was a diminishing return to that. So we eventually got our own transportation over there and informed Matt that we were doing such. And then now the funny, the kicker was, okay, so we had this great experience on the Halcyon Star Cruiser. Mm -hmm. And then it's time to leave. And um, since they were promising this white glove service, well, sure, let's put our luggage out. So Alexa and I put our luggage out and that there were people in the hall. There were, they didn't call them cast members. They called them crew members waiting to whisk that away and we got it out early and we were we were assured that it was whisked away so when it was time to get our luggage guess who was working <laughs> at the star cruiser he was not only at the polynesian matt was at the star cruiser so i asked you know we gave him the information and all this sort of stuff and then he came back and he said, I'm sorry, your luggage isn't here. And I'm sure the oh, look no. I gave him was, you know, yeah, he was like, he survived that look. But eventually we got it. And, you know, we 
got another lift. Actually, there was a cast member that was extremely helpful and she took us under her wing and still had to pay for our own lift, but she, she acted as though she cared and she was not the other dude that I gave that. Oh, I, because re I remember telling him, oh, I remember you. I'm sure the look <laughs> that came with that. Sassy bro came out. Painful. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned like some transportation issues because one of the things in watching these vlogs and stuff is something that maybe, and this is like, you know, the Imagineers are spending years and years and years perfecting like what they want the story to be within the unit, within the house scene itself. And then this is just the stuff that's going to have to be evolved over time. Right. But mm -hmm. I watching a lot of these vlogs, I guess there are in you've experienced this. I so I am relaying this. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but okay. that there are several guard stands that you go through to yeah. make sure that you're getting to the halcyon. And my understanding from a lot of the vloggers and things, at least those first couple of uh, cruises, is that the guards were kind of like. Um, almost not even like normal Disney guards because normal Disney guards at a resort are, are very much like welcome home and very friendly. Right. I guess mm -hmm. like these guards were more like that way. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, so I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember that. I knew that no one knew how to get there. That was that was hard. So we so were instructing just like, them. I think you go here and you go here and you turn. You don't quite have that, that but, experience of that story yet. But yeah. that, you know, I, I think overall that message that you all gave that you're planning your next trip, it's clear that this is something that is you would recommend that people do, but any last final thoughts on that? Because I know we did a lot of episodes on it, like I said, but at the <laughs> same time, this is so new that I think, you know, and of course people can always hop on beyond the mouse podcast pals and you'll, I'm sure you will chat their ear off about this. Oh, if sure. If you have questions, any, any last help. thoughts on it? Uh, can't wait to do it again. That was so cool. I didn't really ex know. I didn't realize how exclusive kind of, it it was until 100 rooms day. right yeah it's like 100 rooms so it's less than 500 people certainly less than 500 people but the last day we were at breakfast and there were a number of club 33 t-shirts and mm -hmm. when we were leaving it was like a whole nother atmosphere because there were so many black four-wheel drive vehicles getting a number of people who mm, some serious means there uh so we were among the elite because we were the number 10 cruise there so that was kind of cool before we all you know just star wars fans but then the last day it was like going yeah we're we're with some interesting company interesting company club yeah. 33 yeah. members and everyone so that was that was very interesting and it made our experience feel more bougie exclusive than it well it, well it was all of that so but yeah it was fun it was fun to see all that and like going okay go live your wonderful glamorous life i'm <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to the the yacht club now, so we're not uh, slumming it. <laughs> right, so right, right. It was it was a great experience. So. Speaking of deluxe resorts, I think because you had a chance to update on your halcyon, I think I should update everybody on where we are at, my family Ooh, with uh, DD, yes. because this has been quite a process, and we're in the middle of it right now. So we had come basically. You know the story now. We did it in our trip report. We absolutely fell in love with Wilderness Lodge. We were able to stay on the DVC side, and I know that in our episode with 
with Pete, um, he actually mentioned like paying cash for a DVC room. Don't ever do that because you can save money by renting points. I, I want to push back on that just slightly to say that renting points for a family like us is sometimes difficult in that the cancellation policies for renting points are really kind of non-existent. I will give a shout out to DVC store that uh, they are a great company to work with because we were looking into renting points for them and they do have, it's not a cancellation policy per se, but they will allow you to get back most of your money as a credit towards their store that you then mm-hmm. use for the next two years. So you're not mm-hmm. out money, which I think is great because in the past, and this was kind of pre-pandemic, really DVC point rentals were like, first of all, some of the companies out there, you actually have to put down a deposit before you even request points. So that way they know you're serious. And then if you can't go for whatever reason on those dates, unless you have like some pretty seriously great travel insurance, you're just out. And so that's, I think it's great to have that cash option um, because yeah, we probably did spend more money on that trip, but at the same time, it allowed us to experience the DVC studios And that's where we fell in love and we fell in love with Copper Creek. And so on the way back, I started listening. I started doing a lot of research on DVC. We drove down there and I will tell you that a a couple of days after we had that conversation with Pete, we did put in an offer uh, for some points, a resale contract at Copper Creek. I can tell you all about DVC if you want at some point, (laughs) Uh, the difference between, I will tell you, Brett, uh, in case, just to make Mm -hmm. you kind of like more aware of it. So there's two ways to buy DVC, there's either direct contracts through Disney or uh, resale contracts, and they do sell. So Copper Creek is technically a sold out resort, meaning that they are not currently selling it as like a new contract, but they mm-hmm. will still give you direct points if you want to go directly through Disney. The cost at Copper Creek is $225 a point. Um, for resale, we were able to put in an offer for a 250 point contract at $169 a point. So you can see it's about a $50 difference. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that times 250, that's, it's about a, it was about a $15,000 savings going Mm -hmm. from uh, direct to resale. So Mm -hmm. where are we at in this process? Uh, Anybody that has DVC that's listening out there, Anker, actually, uh, one of our listeners was messaging with me over the Easter weekend because I was like, you got to tell me about this DVC and, and all those other folks that have helped with DVC. um, They, we're in the ROFR process, the right of first refusal, which means that Disney has the ability on any DVC property that goes resale, they have the ability to actually buy that back. They, It's their first right to be able to purchase that contract at the same deal that the person who's selling it gave to the buyer. And the reason why they do this and that they act on it quite frequently is because a lot of other timeshares lose their value quite quite a lot over the time. Mm-hmm. People will say timeshares are an awful investment, blah, blah, blah. DVC is a lot different than most timeshares for a lot of different reasons. But one of the reasons that it maintains its value is that Disney is purchasing back these contracts. So if I want to sell Brett a contract that is like horribly undervalued, like let's say I want to do $20 a point at Copper Creek, mm-hmm. then Disney will just say, uh, nope, I'm going to buy that back. And then that way the market doesn't allow for really low prices to go down. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and there's yeah, other for reasons me, good probably. For Disney. Okay. Yeah. Right. And like, it, but it helps maintain the value of that. So I understand 
Um, that's one of the reasons they might buy things back. They also might buy things back because they're low on inventory at a particular resort, or maybe they're about ready to make an announcement somewhere, like they're going to mm. do an expansion or something and they want to buy back stuff. But anyway, moral of the story is we are on like, as time of recording, day 15, 16 of this process. I've been reading that uh, it could go on as long as 45 days. So who knows when we will find out <laughs> if Disney buys this back or not. If they don't buy it back, then we would uh, go into closing. And closing would last anywhere from 15 to 30 days. And then we will finally get our points in our account sometime probably in like early July would be my uh, prediction. Mm. And then that's when we can start really going in and booking and using those points for the upcoming year. So that's sort of where we're at with that process. It's kind well, of thank you. It's good. Interesting. Sure. You know, yeah. you know, and, and I'm just I'm, I'm excited for the opportunities. We did get, like I said, about 250 points for people that are just completely like, what is this crazy DVC thing? 250 points pays for essentially like a one bedroom, almost like if you think about like a one bedroom type of apartment is essentially what you're paying for for a week. Um, if we were to stay at a studio, which is what we stayed in this past March, it'd probably go for about two weeks a year. So mm -hmm. we're able to kind of either book at Copper Creek at 11 months, uh, to the date that we want to go, or we could actually go to any resort, um, any of the DVC resorts at seven months, of course, depending on availability, if those are available at the time of seven months. Um, I'm really excited about it too, because of the offsite locations. So, the the thought of going to Alani in Hawaii is something that is really appealing to me. I don't know that I would have done that kind of a trip if I would have to pay for the resort and the flight and the kind of high cost of products out in Hawaii. But now if I can say in a few years from now, all I really need to pay for is my airfare and then also whatever meals and things like that when I'm out there, that the resort is pretty much covered through my normal expenses with DVC, mm -hmm. then that makes it a lot more appealing to do that kind of a trip. So well, I'm just yeah. excited about it. You know, it's just sort I'm of a new day. for you too. Oh my gosh. Soon yeah. you're going to be going 12 times a year and you'll just be going, yeah, I remember when Brett went 12 times a year. That's right. And then, <sighs> you, can <laughs> and then you can make fun of me. So yes, for sure. I can. I can't wait for that day. So <laughs> But did you have, you know, just kind of put you on the spot. I don't know if you had any like, like, cause this is sort of a crazy world, this whole DVC thing. And I feel like I'm in the middle of it right now, but did you have anything that you were wondering about with this, yes. how this works? Yeah. Yeah. I, cause I have, I've done the tour when I worked at the Walt Disney travel company, one of our perks was to stay overnight in the original which is now Old Key West, but it used yes. to just be the Disney Vacation Club, that right? Disney, yes. And we, we had one night in the three-bedroom, two-bedroom, two-bedroom. Yeah. But so that was, it was very nice. It was very nice. So, we, you know, my roommates and I had a great night. We had Subway and we played Old Maid. I know that doesn't sound like a fun night, but it was great. It was lots of fun. Were you anyway. ever the Old Maid? Uh, anyway, life imitates art or art imitates life. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it was a fun time. We had a great time. Anyway, but I went on a tour one time and it was, I think that this dude, my agent, because it was an agent, kind of thought uh, that I was there just for the 
fast passes. I'm like, well, I know I'm serious. I want to learn about all things Disney and this is the latest things. So anyway, so the next time I went, I asked for, for my agent of record to be changed. Mm. And I did because I was not thrilled with him. So anyway, I I probably have a different agent. I did have a different agent because I went to another preview. Um, but uh, anyway, um, so my, but the kind of my thing was is that you have to do so much planning for those that mm-hmm. I'm kind of like to, is it available next weekend or, you know, an available uh, in a shorter amount of times? So I'm like going, eh. so I, I thought about it, but I decided not at this time. But yeah, yeah absolutely. And I get that. And I do think that that you bring up such a good point about that booking. And so it really like, especially now because of COVID, so many people couldn't use their points for so long. There is a, a backlog of points. Additionally, just a lot of people bought into the system. And so mm-hmm. it is my understanding, very hard to find availability. I mean, look at Disney now, everyone always said like, go during the slow period, you can go yeah. in September, and you can go in February. Well, guess what? There is no slow period at Disney World, and that's the same with DVC. And so I do think that there is a lot of planning that goes into it. Fortunately, I'm kind of like a nerd when it comes to that stuff. I think we've talked about this before, Brett, like that for (laughs) me, planning the vacation is almost as exhilarating or exciting as being at the vacation. Um, And so, yeah, so I think that that's how that will work out well for me. But that's where we're at with DVC right now. And I thought- I thought I would kind of give you an update there. And then now I do want to move on. And we chatted about this with Pete a little bit. And I don't want to, I want to couch this in saying that I don't necessarily want this to become like the Brett and Craig political hour, but there are some developments uh, going on in the Disney company and kind of against the Disney company. And I, I think we ought to talk about it just a little bit. And to say that, I have my I have pretty strong, firm political beliefs. uh, And those of you that know me, I think know what those are. But I do want to at least talk about what's going on, because we, of course, had the Reedy Creek situation that sort of started this avalanche of different potential legislation going on. And that is that the Florida legislature essentially went back and said that they're going to revoke any special privileges or special taxing bodies and authorities before like 1968 or whatever. It was very, very targeted. There's a couple of them that have fallen into this, including a couple like regional airport authorities and stuff like that. But they are pretty much targeting Walt Disney World and uh, Reedy Creek. And then from there, we also have a a congressman in Texas who is talking about wanting to lift the no-fly zone that was established over Disney um, during after 9-11 because it was seen that uh, Disney World was potentially a credible threat uh, during those horrific attacks. And so he wants to do he wants to get rid of that because that's special to this woke disney company or whatever and then of course uh, senator josh hawley who is right next door to us is talking about lifting the copyright protections that disney has had for things like mickey mouse and i will say that what's funny about that is actually i was thinking about that and having like we have a great listener named greg woods who is a lawyer and i wanted to talk copyright with him sometime because i think disney's going to let that expire anyway it seems like they're not really pushing uh the mickey mouse copyright comes up to public domain like within the next year or so and it doesn't seem like they're really acting to extend that like they had in the past so anyway there's just a lot of 
things going on. And essentially the reason this is happening and I, I Brett's raising his hand and I'll <laughs> certainly let you talk, Brett. And I don't mean to okay. filibuster you while no, please, we're talking go ahead. politics. Um, mm -hmm. But essentially this is in response mm -hmm. to uh, initially the Disney corporation did not uh, take a stand in Florida's what they're calling, what is called the don't say gay bill, essentially the bill that would punish teachers that talked about sexual orientation or gender identity um, between kindergarten to third grade. And they are now basically targeting Disney because after having initially come out and really said nothing about the bill, Bob Chapik and the company did come out and say, we are strongly opposed to this. We're no longer going to be giving political donations to people um, based on this legislation in Florida. And that's kind of what started this whole ball rolling. I think that there's also Turning Red had just came out uh, recently. And of course, we there was some backlash to that because people had said that that movie was about teenage girls going through their periods and things like that that have happened. And we've had these types of like things with Disney because Disney is attempting to be more inclusive. Anyway, that sets the stage for all this. Brett, I will stop talking so you can talk. Well, I was talking to a friend who is a current cast member and they, <laughs> they said that, well, it wouldn't have uh, taken such a turn if Bob Iger was still at the helm. And I'm like going, mm -hmm. or anyone I'm like going, they're acting like, well, they're not acting. And these are, again, my opinions. You have very strong opinions. I have very strong opinions. I'm like going, they're taking a, well, we'll just be quiet about it. Maybe it'll go away. I'm like going, this thing isn't going away. It was so interesting when we were talking with Pete, you know, this had just sort of come up and it was kind of, and he said, oh no, they're just testing the waters or they're just threatening. Nothing's going to happen. And very shortly thereafter is when the legislation went through, like in two days. Yeah. Bob Chapek is the head of Disney right now. And um, there is quite a, a number of uh, fans, cast members. It hasn't really affected the, me, the stockholders, but I imagine that it's it will be shortly and that there's the shortlist is being prepared for his replacement. And I am very happy about that because I think that he has taken... Uh, who was it? No, there was someone who, it was the COVID excuse, you know, that was Pete. He said like the COVID oh, cover yeah. up or COVID, COVID cover or cover. something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, I'm for quality experiences with Disney and anytime there is cost cutting, you have, you've created the standard for the industry and you've created the audience that expects that standard. And when they're, uh, when that's extremely, noticed by not having trams to take people to their to yeah to the to the park took like it's a today so show absurd. reports on so trams to get them back so so anyway so i'm ready for new management mm -hmm. well and like happen? you know i'm i'm walking into the park and there's a billion and a half people and what whatever you might feel like about the uh different attractions why is Enchanted Tales with Belle closed? Like, why is anything in that park closed right now? Like, there are so many people, and I get that you might have a hard time hiring because a lot of companies are at the moment, but, like, what about the guest satisfaction that goes into that? And I will say, I, I think that maybe not enough 
credit is given to a lot of these leaders, whether they be business leaders or political leaders that have had to manage COVID and have had to manage the pandemic, because it is something that I don't know that any of them had signed up for. Could you imagine being the governor of a state and running on this platform and thinking you're going to do all these things? And then by the way, two years of your life is going to be doing daily news updates about the number of people dying in your state. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not something you are, I think anyone is ever prepared for. So he does take over at a very tumultuous time and he's going to need to try to recoup billions of dollars for the company. I guess from a business standpoint, then it's probably good that you have someone that is so, um, gosh, am I allowed to say this word? Like he's just cheap. The yeah, guy's cheap. cheap. Uh, and like, you and know, he was, and, and that was his history and that's what he was known for to begin with. So he's he's basically... He's come to the company with not the tradition and heritage um, that his predecessors have. And so he knows what he was hired to do, and he does that. So maybe he is the bad cop for a moment, but that moment is over, and the guests are there, and they're paying premium pricing or not always the premium experience that they have, that Disney has set the standard. And, and when it's lacking, everyone notices it, especially the, the series Disnoids, and that's why they slash we are up in arms up in arms but you know in, in coming back to the political side i completely agree with your friend and with you that um that bob Iger, this likely wouldn't have happened and it's because he was more of a political animal he was able i mean the guy th- thought about running for president a yeah. couple of years ago and so he was able to work those systems he actually remember when georgia was, <laughs> was passing georgia was passing a lot of restrictive voter laws and marvel and disney did put their foot down and say that they weren't going to continue to do business in georgia and guess what? There weren't these huge, massive protests. Just that legislation didn't move forward. Right. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. Disney won. And so like, I think I think it's it's the fact that they came out so weak in yeah. not taking a stand one way or the other. They could have actually come out and just said, like, you know what, we are not getting involved in the Florida legislature because X, Y, Z, they didn't do that. They kind of like milly mouth, like, oh, you know, like we're not going to comment on that, you know, and the, their comment spoke loud. Their no comment spoke louder than any comment they could have made. Right. And so I think that they made the right decision in kind of reversing that again, this is where Craig gets on a political soapbox, but there's a lot of uh, negative, there's a lot of targeting of people that I know and love in that particular community, that it gets me very up in arms that we are now trying to use them as a political measure to win higher office because we can beat up on the little guy. And it's what happened. It's what happened before gay marriage. It's what it's what's now happening with trans rights. It's all of that. Anyway. Yeah. But well, it's just aside. I'm glad that Disney took a stand. Um, but the way they went about it was horribly done and it sloppy. did it was extremely sloppy and it's still sloppy because they sure they don't is. have a, a strong response like brett what has been disney's response to reedy creek because i follow disney like right. I, uh, every day i don't right. know what their response has been i haven't seen anything i think that there was that's uh, insane yeah. It's crazy. I mean, that there's not a response and there wasn't a quick response or there wasn't a response after, you know, after this amount of time has passed is weak and pathetic. And so many other bad 
things. <laughs> so. But anyway, mm. I, I thought we should at least talk about all people of that. ask us about that you know they do oh, yeah what about disney you know well we're fans number one but that doesn't mean that we don't have adult views and that they upset us and why is management doing this and they should be stronger and come up with the be as be the litigious company that we know that they are i'm like going you know so just go out go after them you know someone oh please anyway those yeah are my i completely agree with you and do it you know, I think now, uh, are there, is there any other like Disney news out there that you have been looking at? Cause I will tell you, I think one of the things that I really enjoyed this last couple of weeks to kind of bring it more back to the positive side is yes. it's clear that Disney will take one park and really focus on that park, uh, at any given time. And so back in the early 2010s, we had new fantasy land and magic kingdom was like the park to focus on. And then mm -hmm. kind of in the mid 2010s, we had avatar and we had Pandora come open. I think what, 2016, 2017, maybe 2015. I don't know. Um, Disney people can yell at me if you want. I know uh, we should they, know more. I know, right. We should know it. dates like uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but then like now you had Hollywood studios go through this amazing change and transformation with Toy Story Land and then with also um, uh, Galaxy's Edge and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Well, now Epcot is getting mm -hmm. that treatment and it's so cool. And I understand the frustration, again, COVID playing a large role in this. They have postponed or potentially canceled a lot of projects that were announced at previous D23s, which Brett was uh, there for, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Clink. I mentioned Clink. D23 oh, this yeah. time. <laughs> but I think it's cool to see Epcot get a little bit of love because mm -hmm. I will tell you, Brett, I it, it's interesting because when I went in 2018, I was like, Hollywood Studios is my park. I could live in that park. I love it. People were complaining because they were, at the time, they were saying there's not that many attractions. To me, there was less people there. It was beautiful. You could walk down Hollywood Boulevard and you could see Tower of Terror and all this stuff. And this last trip, I really, really fell in love with Epcot again. Aww. And particularly the future world side of Epcot, not even so much the world showcase. And so it's so cool to see that we're going to get the kind of that celebration area. We're going to get a new Walt statue. We're getting mm -hmm. Moana walkthrough type of attraction. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind has been previewed and now it's opening at the end of this month. It's just really neat to see that park get some love. So I thought maybe we could just talk about Epcot for a few minutes, if that's okay Why, with you. Sure. Why, yes, dude's talking Epcot. Mm -hmm. Dude, yeah, dude, talking dude. Epcot. I know. I'm like, but where's the love for? Where is the love for Journey into Imagination? It's time, isn't it? I know. I yeah, I bet it's I... coming. They're just, you know, they're saving their pennies so they can bring everyone back. And you know, Tony Baxter said that he would come back. So yeah. I told you that um, that that was my son's like favorite attraction in Epcot and probably yes. like second favorite overall. But so then the other night, Anna and I are just sitting around and, and often uh, when our son falls asleep, we watch Disney vlogs or like anything that is Disney related. And so we started talking about Journey into an Imagination and we had never actually seen the original D Journey into Imagination. And so, mm -hmm. you know what? I was like, Brett is fired up about this. When we talk to Tony Baxter, he's fired up about this. Let's do a deep dive on Journey into Imagination. And so we watched that ride and it is just remarkable because me, Brett, not understanding like what had been before, I didn't understand that they did not 
retheme that. I mean, they they completely gutted that ride entirely. It, it it's went insane. the wrong way. It used to go the other way, and now it goes this way. And, and uh, like, it's yeah. only like a third of the size that it used oh to be. And like, I can understand your frustration now having Thank actually you. like experienced this. And then um, there's a great series. It's called Defunct Land, and they go back and look at different extinct attractions. And they did a deep dive on Journey into Imagination, and then also kind of like what happened with it as well. And so I do suggest looking at that YouTube series for sure, but it's incredible. Basically it seems like it was, it all came down to sponsorships of the different pavilions Mm -hmm. and that Michael Eisner in particular uh, wanted to maybe spruce up the idea that Kodak was sponsoring the imagination pavilion. But then at the time that they decided to do all this Kodak was fading because of digital cameras and they didn't have any money. I think the time of corporate sponsorship has waned, is really going away. There's not as much value as there was at one time. So Disney will have to pony up its own money, which they can. It's just a decision. Um, I originally, when there was an idea of, of new sponsorship, well, who could be a new sponsorship for imagination? Oh, I don't know. Apple, you know, <laughs> right. Pixar, you know, I'm like going, um, so stay, you know, stay within the brand a little bit, you know, so Apple has money, my gosh. So, but I, I think that time has passed I- and, and honestly with my, again, my opinions, <clears throat> When the sponsorships have changed, it's like they kind of go, okay, here's $5. I'd like something that has my branding on it. And so so the Land Pavilion went from something that was glorious and wonderful to food rocks, which I always called food sucks. I know you're, some people love that. Some people you're love about it, to, like, you, you just alienated Matthew Kroll. And I want to just put out there that I love Matthew Kroll, and I don't want to alienate him uh, as <sighs> your... <laughs> Well, I, that's a, the Disney people are very passionate people, but yes. but yes. Kitchen Cabaret was so cute and so well done, and you know, I mean, it looked like the craft mayonnaise jar and everything, and I can understand why Nestle was not happy about that, but you know, here's five dollars, go make something. If you can't afford good stuff, you shouldn't be a sponsor. That's what I'm saying. I was so thinking now, about. You know, Yeah, no, I I totally get what you're saying, especially like now with how busy the parks are. There's no real need for having those corporate sponsors in a a way that because the capacity of the parks is just outrageous. And think about the individual lightning lane. I was thinking about that. I don't know why I started thinking about this. I go for a run every morning and I was just thinking like I think I was listening to a Disney podcast or something about Guardians and I was thinking about the individual lightning lanes for something like Guardians or Rise of the Resistance. How much money do you think that they make on individual lightning lanes per day mm-hmm. on those attractions? Because it's $15 per person. We know that there's a finite amount, but what's that finite amount? It has to be at least several thousand oh, because those rides take on what, like 2000 an hour. So if we're like, do you think 10,000 is an outrageous number? Or well, do you all think I know that's... is as of today reporting, um, the Disney, whatever quarter they're in, was giving a report and they they said that park uh, monies were increasing and they thought it was due to Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes, you know. Yeah. So I'm like going, they 
attribute their profits to those specific items. So they're doing okay. Well, I mean, and if you think about it, like, it. let's say I'm like so, going, I do it, I would do it. I'm not a family of five or six, so I gladly do it. So, but, but like, that's where, like going back to your idea of corporate sponsors, like if you think about it, let's say conservatively, cause I'm sure, I mean, there, there, there's probably more than this, but let's say an attraction like rise of the resistance even does 5,000 individual lightning lanes in one day, that would be 75 thousand dollars a day and those sell out every single day and so you're talking i mean like you're talking somewhere in the north of again this is very brief math but if you're thinking 365 days a year those selling out every day at 15 that's 27 million dollars a year yes. yeah and in that's more than lanes, a, cor which are, a corporate which are this like so. construct that they just made up you know there's yeah. there's no like there's there's expense on the back end technology there probably needs to be more expense by the way on the back end technology wise so it works better but still like but outside of that like these are just things they made up this thing yeah. you know like, yeah you <laughs> so. would think that those people retire you know who they're given like a big old golden watch into something but it's disney so i doubt if they get much of a golden parachute but it was like that when they started you know you pay for bricks to have yeah. your name on it you know that it's like yeah that's all over or those completely in my opinion ugly terrible monoliths that were outside they really were earth they were they were dreadful and they've moved now to another place it was just so bad anyway ways for disney to make money they're always going to do that and i'm fine with it i'm like yeah i mean ahead. but like you said i think not that everyone has to do that something needs not have a, to do that yeah the, the argument that something needs a corporate sponsor in order to be able to redone like like journey to imagination i think i don't think that that's necessary anymore but we got off on a like you and i we are generally extremely positive Disney people, so let's yes. leave. Let's let's leave on a positive note Shall that we? is yes. talking about Epcot and talking about this like revitalization of Epcot. I personally, um, I, I'll tell you, I just again like I feel like I thought that my son and my family would go to Epcot more when he was older, like more like you know six seven years from now. But I honestly see ourselves in Epcot so much now because he loves the science. He loves the space. He loves the message of communication and imagination and all of that. And then he likes those different worlds. And so I just think like a lot of people have that lower down on their list of opportunities and places that they should go, especially if they have younger kids. And I just... I don't know. I couldn't disagree with that more. I just think I, I fell in love with that park this trip more than I ever have before. Oh, that's good. That's good. Do you have a favorite thing you're looking forward to? Because I'll tell you, I was really pumped about Mary Poppins. And I'm glad oh, yeah. that they said that that's on the back burner and not officially canceled. Right. Um, but was there something in the announcements that you were like, oh, yes, this is going to be really cool? I mean, let's go to the present. Let's go to Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. I mean, we've seen videos i wasn't going to oh i wasn't going to do a spoiler but i did totally I you to. have to right i'm like going i had to because i've i've learned that watching the videos still and and then going on it the first time it's you know it's still a thrill so and there's and people are saying that people that we know friends of the podcast are saying that it's a game changer that it's the best 
Disney attraction. They're saying that it's even better than Rise of the Resistance, he says, with a question mark at the end. I'm like going, how can that even happen? I think it's kind of apples and oranges with that experience, but I cannot wait to to ride that and tried so hard as a D23 member. I tried to get the preview, but those tickets were gone in less than four minutes, clearly, easily. And even an annual pass sort of thing, I'm like going, oh, so I just, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait a little while, but I cannot wait. I mean, I can't, I have to, but I'm looking very much looking forward to riding that. I'm looking at, I don't know, those motion sickness bands and all of that sort of thing. Cause I'm, um, they're saying that there is some motion sickness as, as a possibility, but it's for families. So I'm like going, I think I'll be fine. I'll just have my usual sort of thing is to have some sort of breakfast. So there's a, some sort of food base in your stomach. So all of the motion will still be fine so i learned that <laughs> trick i learned that trick on expedition everest because i had because i had biscuits and gravy in the morning and then one on expedition everest and i had a good time and i didn't have any sort of motion sickness at all <laughs> so that's so and uh, yeah so that's what i do you get your base well, and then you'll be I, fine don't drink a lot of sloshy stuff because then that, I, you know that doesn't good but you get your base food and then you can ride the things it'll be so good <laughs> the the um I, I guess what I've been hearing about it is that the videos are not going to do it justice that because you're kind of immersed in this like amazing projection screen and the thrill of the ride as it's going. And I've also heard about the smoothness of the ride, which I think mm -hmm. is really interesting because of course we got a bit of that in seven dwarfs mine train. It's a very smooth roller coaster. And then even more so I think in slinky dog dash where it's like, you don't hear the click, 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 click that you do on like a, an Everest. It's so smooth. And so then uh, I actually heard it described today. And I think that this was on like Diz Unplugged um, or some other podcast. I'll cite my source, but that they almost felt instead of being like drops, they were more like slides. Like it wasn't like a abrupt <laughs> thing. It was like you were just kind of like sliding down Whee! to the next spot. So Whee! anyway, so I think that was our buddy Panda that was talking about it. Speaking of Panda, we will have him on the show very soon. And we're excited about that. Um, but but no, it just looks amazing. I can't wait to get down there to experience it. I can't wait to get down there to try it, hopefully as a DVC member. Yes. Uh, so we'll see how that uh, all that all goes. But mm -hmm. but um, let's see, any final things that I have to say to you, Mr. <laughs> Brett, as we start to wrap up? Brett, I have a question for you, and I, yes. I think our listeners would be interested to know this. Okay. What is Brett Rutherford's favorite resort on property? Hmm. Well, I have a guess. I've... Can I guess or no? Oh, am I, am I allowed sure, to guess? Guess. Yeah, you can guess. Animal Kingdom Lodge. I have had good experiences at Animal Kingdom Lodge. So that you know, having your is own the giraffe... transportation an issue? No, uh, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> I like, don't think so. Because I'm like, I, going, I, I, I don't I've think been it, like wanting. You know, like is. if we do DVC, the benefit of like jumping around to different resorts, and I want to do a Savannah view, but I'm like, is the transportation going to be annoying? It's not. You know, okay. I mean, if, okay, especially good, you know. if you, I mean, if you if you've had all of your experiences at Magic Kingdom resorts or um, a monorail resorts, and then you have to, you know, take a bus and be with a bus for. 15 minutes oh my gosh to get to the magic kingdom how can you possibly endure that you know that might be a bit of an issue but if but i'm like going if you're if you've had all-star experiences and other things i'm like going plus the theming it's gorgeous there and 
having Boma for breakfast and Boma for dinner because that's <laughs> where you're staying. Oh, it's great. So okay. yeah, I would say that I very much enjoy. Uh, Is it your favorite? Kingdom Lodge. Is it my favorite? Mm. I don't know. I mean, I most recently stayed at the Yacht Club and it's, it's always been my dream to watch whatever Epcot nighttime spectacular and then walk to to my resort oh that was a good experience you know the end of the night so you don't have to endure which is really an endure <laughs> bus transportation from Epcot at the end of the night oh my gosh it's dreaded it's why I have missed so many uh, nighttime spectaculars because after the end of a very very long day walking all the way back to the bus will not be the good night kiss you were expecting. <laughs> like, like it's kind of like a walk home after a bad date. So they tell me. Um, but <laughs> like, like, yeah, so I very much enjoyed the yacht club. I got to experience the the water park there a bit, you know, that was kind of fun and had wonderful conversations in the spa area there. Who knew? Yeah, that was a good that was a That's good great. experience too. And so again, and the what's breakfast your favorite. Oh, you're asking me for a favorite. I'm Lee, I like everything for different reasons. Uh, ooh, we experienced the Polynesian resort, ooh. you know, and when we were, I mean, we left after Alexa and I left after fireworks and with the thousand throngs of thousands of people that were leaving right after fireworks. And, you know, so we're kind of going, Oh, okay, well maybe we'll just walk back. It was like, the crowds parted. Some went to the monorails. So many went to the buses and so many went to the ferries. And when it was time to get to the to the boat transportation to the Grand Floridian and the Polynesian, there was no one there. Mm -hmm. So it's like having this great experience with all these multitudes of thousands of people and then having a very rather exclusive quick trip back to your resort for the evening. Mm-hmm. That was really, that was spectacular. And it was also that, <laughs> like, that like, was one that of was the good. major reasons why, if you ask me that exact same question, I am telling you that I, it, tomorrow I'm going to Wilderness Lodge. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I do like the Polynesian. That's definitely on, like we, yeah, we like loved Kona all. Cafe and we love the resort um, to just walk around and that the place. Noodles? Oh I my gosh, Ohana finally had the noodles. Oh, the which, bread pudding? I'm like, like, oh my God, you know, the bread pudding. I can't pudding. tell you how much it pained me to know that you were right. <laughs> The whole time I was eating, I'm like going, oh, well, there's gosh. your beginning of your episode was right there, right. Brett. He was right. <laughs> oh, oh, I hate so it when he's right. Um, oh, is <laughs> great. And then uh, I do really want to stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge. I love to stay at Beach Club. The uh, Beach Club is cool because my son's so into the pools and like that pool is insane. It's a water park essentially yep. mm -hmm. with Yacht Club and Beach Club and Splash mm -hmm. Along Bay, uh, Storm Along Bay. So Storm Along Bay. Anyway, this was kind of fun to just talk uh, a little bit of Disney. We talked Halcyon, we talked DVC, we even got political. So <laughs> oh I my guess gosh. write your hate mail to us uh, or just put it in the Beyond the Mouse podcast, pals. If you turned us off, uh, sorry about that. But every now and then we got we to gotta talk Disney uh, seriously. But then we got to talk a little bit of Epcot and some, even some resorts in there. So anything else you wanted to ask me or talk about with Disney? Um. <laughs> 
we don't need another hour, so you know. So we'll talk another time. How's that? We Two will. Two dudes and, talking uh, Disney part, whatever it is, you know. So let's kind of like preview what we have coming up here. Of course, again, if you are in the St. Louis area tomorrow as the day of this release, <laughs> we are going to be doing a draft on the creator stage at Fan Expo St. Louis at three o'clock on Saturday. Uh, and that will be a 90s character draft. You will likely hear that as our episode next Friday if you cannot make it into the St. Louis area. So we will share that with you. And then hopefully, good God, do not let Brett win another draft, people. Are you kidding I'm me? just saying that. Um, and then we later this month, I will say that uh, I, I don't like to announce things too far in advance, but I we've been talking to this guy quite a bit. He has traveled the world seemingly and Disney and that's John Sakari, um, big fat Panda. We are excited to have Panda back on the show in the relatively near future. At the time of this recording, um, he's getting ready to do his podcast cruise with dreams Unlimited travel and with Diz unplugged. So I know he's looking forward to that, but we're going to talk to him about cruising. We're going to talk about a lot. We're just going to catch up with the man. I'm excited oh, sure, about that yeah. later this month as well. Mm -hmm. And then uh, from there, who knows what else we got coming up? Summer's We're full of Disney things. Who knows? And trying who knows to surprise you along the way for <laughs> sure. But if for some reason this is your first episode, this is a completely different format than we normally do. And we're missing a third co-host. But mm -hmm. you can go back and listen to wonderful episodes with Vanessa and Brett and I. Uh, we do interviews. We do talk about Disney. And you can find us on any podcast platform by searching for Beyond the Mouse. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram, Beyond the Mouse Pod. Also on Twitter, Beyond mouse and then facebook we have two ways to follow us there the page is beyond the mouse podcast but we really do appreciate you join beyond the mouse podcast pals which is our group that way we can all chat all things disney together and kind of have these more like informal conversations in that smaller group so uh, yeah. it'll be fun to get some of their reactions to sort of the things that we had talked about this evening while we are in fan expo st louis and getting excited about all things disney down there so brett any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? This has been fun and, and full of all sorts of thoughts and ideas. And I know it's awfully late for thoughts and ideas for me, but I, it is. you know, the clock, the <laughs> clock just struck 10. So if I don't oh end gosh. this podcast in the next minute, I'm a pumpkin. then, then Brett will turn into a pumpkin in front of me. So for beyond the mouse, I am Craig and I'm Brett and we will see you real soon in the front row. Actually, Come join us in the front row of in Fan Expo St. Louis tomorrow, tomorrow on May 14th, 3 p.m. Creator Stage. We hope to see you there. 